0: This is Bite Size History with the Saints.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
0: This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Hey everyone, it's Megan.
1: And it's Bradley.
0: So this week we're going to be talking about the recipe from what we did yesterday, uh, specifically a Iberian stew. Yeah. So one of the things was when we decided to come back over to this side, or this side, the other side.
1: The other side of the globe, not... You know, we we, we were on this side of the globe. I'll let you figure out what side of the globe we're on
0: now. We get very, (laughs) like, it's kind of funny actually, because sometimes we get really confused as we've lived in both Europe and North America with like small things, like Brad accidentally turned on the hallway light.
1: Yeah, so in England and Ireland, the bathroom light, the switch for it is not inside the bathroom, it's outside the bathroom. And, you know, it took some getting used to there. And now it's take me. I've been back in the States now for, or well, North America for what, four years now? Mm-hmm. And yesterday I looked at the light switch outside the bathroom. and I was like, yep, that makes sense. It's, uh, yeah.
0: We were really confused and it led to a lot of laughter. But besides that, um, jumping over to... Europe, we are going to go ahead and start with specifically these regions. So we have like um, the south, Southwest uh, Europe, which has a few distinct items, um, the Northwest Europe, which has some distinct. And then, of course, you know what we would expect with like Italy. We're not crossing over into. Well,
1: not what we would expect with Italy because they didn't have pasta.
0: Yeah. They didn't
1: have tomatoes. So it's like a lot of those dishes that you would expect with Italy, they didn't have.
0: Yeah, they didn't exist. So it's more of what we expect in the sense of like olives Yeah, and access to wine.
1: Which I hate olives.
0: I love olives.
1: I know you do. You, Your whole family, you guys will just open a can of olives and just devour yeah. them.
0: You put them up on your fingertips.
1: Yeah, no, I hate
0: them. Yeah, we we are. I come from a long line of people who love olives, so it's a it's a hard life for Brad to be around. Mm -hmm. The smell. (laughs) (laughs) But so we decided to start with Iberia because, or yeah, Iberia just because I didn't know much about it. Um, I know Brad did because a lot of different research in regards to his major will focus on the impacts of the ancestors that we consider Iberians.
1: Yeah, I mean, Spain, It's, it's got a bunch of Neanderthal sites in it, so there's quite a bit of research about Neanderthals coming from Spain. And then, you know, it's just... It, my area of study was Mesolithic uh, England and Ireland. But they didn't come from Spain, because they actually came across Doggerland, which was a land bridge from Denmark to England. But... You know, it's still, there's that Mesolithic, there, there's a lot of similarities between the two. I
0: was going to say, because I remember when you were doing your dissertation, some of the sites that you had used in reference for um, kind of additional research to compare against your research were in Spain.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's one of the remarkable things about humans is we are so much alike no matter where we're at in the world. We tend to do a lot of things pretty similar. (laughs) Yeah. We all find the easiest and quickest way to do something because when time is of the essence, we, uh, we tend to take and do that. And that makes us way more similar than a lot of people realize. Just trying to find those quick little workarounds.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating about, like, the Iberians is how vast and different their area was. Like, um, and of course, a lot of this has to come with a kind of a grain of salt. Because when um, the Greeks and the Romans came in, they had their own (laughs) documentation. And, like, the Iberian culture gets kind of melded. Like, when the Greeks came, they didn't really do too much at first to kind of change their culture. Same thing with the... The P word people. Phoenician?
1: Po- Polynesian? Or not no. Polynesians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phoenician? Uh,
1: yeah, you got Phoenicians.
0: Yeah, Phoenicians. They provided things, but they didn't, like, radically change the culture. Whereas when the Romans came in, we completely lost the Iberian language. We have no idea um, how to read it.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the problem with colonialization in general, is you lose a lot of... History. It's like the reason that on Rapa Nui, you know, Easter Island, there's the language Rongo Rongo, but it's nobody's able to decipher it. And that's in large part due to when uh, Europeans came over and started to kidnap people off the island to bring them back to South America as slaves. They basically anybody that could read the language and write their own language, they just disappeared off the island because of colonialization. And all too often, that's too sad of the truth behind it all.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things when it comes to the Iberian Peninsula is because it also is Portugal and a portion of Morocco because you have like Gibraltar. Yeah. Um, They had such a wide, large culture involved that... Basically, the documentation almost made it kind of sound as if they were, you know, um, completely different groups, even though they they were tribes. They were set up in like tribal and chiefdoms, but it's almost as if like they were, you know, 50, 60 cultures that just kind of coexisted, which is kind of amazing when you think about it, because they had a unified language and everything.
1: Yeah, it's not uncommon, though. You know, when... People inhabit a geographical location. They need to have some way to communicate with the other group. And warfare isn't a, a sustainable way of communication. So you develop a language and you tend to develop some shared cultures because, especially with hunter-gatherers, you can't necessarily stay in your own family group because that leads to inbreeding. So you send off a daughter or the son goes off and they take and they integrate into another community and that helps build family ties and stronger bonds with the other groups. So therefore having that shared language does help dramatically when it comes down to it.
0: Well, I think that was one of the big things also with looking at it is, you know, when it came to the foods and stuff that were accessible and how the cultures interacted, and you could tell a lot of it was foraging kind of foods until the Greeks arrived. Um, so the the Greeks will claim that they gave <laughs> them the farming knowledge. Um, based on some of the other research I was reading, the Iberians already knew how to do farming.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> that's one of the things that farming it spread, but not everybody took to it. You know, farming is not fun. No, <laughs> it's backbreaking, time intensive, and when you are able to sustain yourself and your group off of just doing hunting and gathering, why why break from that when you have so much free time and then all of a sudden you go, well, these people over there, that's, that's all they've done now is just wake up, farm, and they seem to hate themselves. (laughs) So no, thank you. I'm going to stick with what I got. And that's the thing is that farming, it spread and people took to it. Other people chose not to take to it when, you know, we had societies collapse because of natural disaster or, you know, they overworked the land and the land wouldn't produce anymore. They went back into the tried and true of hunting and gathering, or they moved off to another group where they were farming. But farming sucks. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a farmer, good on you. You know what? I, I appreciate everything you do. But just tending to the small little garden that we have, it, it, it's
0: time intensive. It is time intensive. Well, and like the Iberians were known for... You know they herded. They had access to uh, domesticated animals that they had decided to have, like lambs and um, goats and such. Um, which actually, Strabo, the Greek philosopher, judged them for for eating lamb or eating goat. Like they didn't eat goat.
1: Yeah, but the th- difference is, how did the Greeks eat the goat compared to how yeah, the Ice ate the goat?
0: Yeah, it's always it's always really fun to study the other.
1: Yeah, and that's that's one of the problems with a lot of um, Greek and Roman... Pretty much anybody that does some colonization. And it's one of the things I stress all the time is everything they say, some of it has... You know, it's truthful, but most of it just has to be taken with a grain of salt.
0: Kind of like the Roman's depictions of the Druids. Yeah,
1: you know, cannibals that were bloodthirsty and just wanted to take and kill and eat anybody that came near him. It There's no real proof for that. And it's the same way. I mean, like, the Greeks literally referred to anybody that wasn't Greek as being barbarians. <laughs> so it's throughout history, we always have these first accounts of peoples through the colonization. Because oftentimes the peoples that we've, came across didn't have their own form of written language so we taken we get our first accounts from those people that colonized them and because the peoples that they were colonizing weren't like them they were automatically lesser than and talked about lesser than and you lose a lot of the intricacies and the inner workings of the way their societies functioned, and you know, it's we all function that way at one point. I mean, we were all hunter gatherers, and colonization records are great sources for initial contact, but horrible because they don't give the full photo fo- uh, picture photo.
0: <laughs> full photo. <laughs> Well, and it's also, it goes back to the idea of just kind of like history is determined by the conquerors. Yeah. It's, if we rely too much on simply this person said this, we'll never actually get the right picture.
1: No. And that's where, you know, archaeology and anthropology come into focus. Because trying to actually understand the way we once were and understand those cultures that aren't around anymore because of us. It's, it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. It's, it's something that, in an ideal world, I wouldn't be doing. I wouldn't be trying to piece together these ancient societies or ancient cultures. Instead, they would have been able to take and tell their own story. But unfortunately, here we are.
0: That is the bummer of it. Yeah. But So going back to the recipe... It, it was really, really good, actually. Um, it was
1: delicious.
0: So one of the things that Strabo had complained about, I guess is the best way to refer to it, is that the Iberians cooked with butter instead of olive oil, which uh, we know is not fully true because they also used olive oil. But Yeah,
1: but that's the thing. It's like, it's yet again, it's that idea of being superior. Yeah. We use olive oil where you use butter. Well, butter's cheaper and easier to manufacture.
0: Especially for people who have, like... Goats and other livestock that they're taking milk from. Yeah. Like, I, I don't i don't fault them. <laughs> no.
1: no it's, it's, it's cheaper, easier, and, you know, not as labor-intensive. Because yeah. gathering enough olives, smashing the olives for the juice, for the olive juice, <laughs> olive oil. Whoa. Olive oil.
0: Well, I think it's the juice and then you make an olive, you make an oil out of it. I don't know how to make olive oil.
1: <laughs> I would be the one making butter. <laughs> but yeah, that's thing.
2: How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC.
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: It's it's, It's just easier. Yeah. And butter tastes amazing.
0: It does taste amazing. And that was like... One of the things I think that made the stew actually way better was because we had some salted butter in there and it, you know, we put the carrots in first and the onions and the other aromatics and kind of let it, you know, get kind of softened and then added the meat, slightly browned it. And then by the time we added the water and got the stew going, it had allowed all of those amazing flavors to pop. Yeah. Now, there are a few things I would have done differently if we were willing to have spent, like, four hours on this meal. <laughs> like, I would have made a bone broth out of the lamb bones with additional herbs. And I would have um, actually braised the lamb beforehand and then added it to the stew. Yeah, I can agree to that. And added, like, way more carrots. Like, a ridiculous quantity of carrots.
1: Uh, way more carrots, and I think it needed something starchy. Like had a turnip. A, like a turnip. Um, because you can't use potatoes. I mean, if you're making this at home and you just want to make this, throw some potatoes in there. It'd be really good. It would be really good. But if you're making this at home and you want to take and stick to it, uh, turnips, I think it could have definitely benefited from turnips.
0: Yeah. Turnips were, uh, Europe's big substitute for everything before yeah. potatoes and squash arrived for stuff.
1: Enough to the point to where uh, the original jack-o'-lanterns were carved out of turnips. And parsnips. And parsnips, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a fun one for you. Uh,
0: The things we all look forward to. Yeah. It's
1: time to carve the parsnip. Sorry. I'm sorry. But
0: overall, like, we really... I'm sorry. It was
1: a horrible accent. It was so
0: bad, but it was beautiful at the same time. <laughs> um but we we're really we really enjoyed this week. um
1: yeah was... I think that vegetables more vegetables mm-hmm. because it was so meat heavy that more vegetables would have been nice yeah and then you know we should have made a flatbread or something we should have made a flatbread because you get all the juice and everything coming off of the lamb and to, have dipped bread into that it would have, it would have gotten rid of that because lamb itself is extremely greasy mm-hmm. and it would have helped get rid of that greasiness when well, coming we, to the bottom of the bowl
0: and we know that when the Greeks and the Phoenicians showed up they gave them cereal grains so the Iberians would have known or would have had access to these grains yeah um, yeah, we, would, we definitely should have made a flatbread we should have, next time I was going to say, so our next big recipe is going to be in Rome. Or not Rome in general, but Roma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, uh-huh. uh, the Roman Empire. Uh-huh. And uh, funny enough, we actually have recipes that we have in our own personal collection. Um, from um, an exhibit at the Nelson Adkins. Yeah. Like almost 10 years ago.
1: Oh, it was a while back now.
0: Yeah. So we might use one of those and still kind of cobble together from our own research another one yeah so I mean I'm excited for that one
1: yeah and that's one of those that it was just taken down from writings that the Romans left behind and you know you can't get much more authentic than that
0: a, a Roman cook, a Roman mama's cookbook <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're we're pretty excited about that one um but then like with we only have about five more weeks left of the World tour round one kind yeah. of thing. Um, it's coming to an end. I know, because then after this, after we finish up Europe, we're going on to Africa, and then we're gonna do as like a final goodbye. I say goodbye. We're we're not really leaving.
1: No, we're we're still gonna be
0: here. <laughs> we're gonna do like an in a summary of like the year that's been invested into this and like what all. Well, what our highlights and what are, our lows were. Yeah. Our
1: highlights. Low lights. What are highs and lows of this Western?
0: <laughs> Brad's debating—is he actually a hairstylist?
1: I don't know. I uh, I don't think I'd be very good at it. No, I don't think you would but either. There's one way to find out, and you have hair.
0: Please don't. <laughs> but so we're super excited about that. But we we do have to kind of provide a little bit of news real quick that we've been keeping to ourselves. Yeah,
1: if you received the newsletter, then you've already heard about it.
0: Mm-hmm. But um. So I am pregnant. I am really pregnant now at this stage.
1: Like, due to take and give away at any moment. Yeah. Pregnant.
0: So we have been keeping this to ourselves for a while, um, but we started to realize that it wasn't (laughs) going to be very easy to, like, work around that.
1: No, that's the thing, is that children change everything. Yeah. And we wanted to keep it to ourselves as long as possible we've told those that we care about Mm -hmm. and now it's time for everyone else to find out we won't be posting any photos of him though we're having a little boy Mm -hmm. but we are going to be keeping his you know face out of everything um two reasons one everything is way over documented these days yeah And two, we want him to be able to make that decision of when he finally is able to be old enough to decide if he wants his face out there.
0: Yeah. It's bad enough that our faces are all over the internet from the age of 16 up. Um, Mine wasn't. Brad's wasn't. (laughs) Well, it was when he turned 17 and I started dating him. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I started posting photos of him everywhere.
1: That's true. And then my life went downhill. (laughs) (laughs) And had nothing to do with that. And now I'm on the internet.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Man who wanted to be anonymous is now making videos on the internet under his name.
1: Uh, I'm not a smart man.
0: He really isn't. (laughs) Um, But we wanted to give our little one that kind of ability to make the decision himself and not have to deal with the, I guess, emotional consequences of every potty photo you've ever had ending up on the internet.
1: Every potty photo or every stupid decision that they made and we decided to record.
0: hmm
1: If they're going to make stupid decisions and put it up, that's their own choice. Yeah. I'm not going to...
0: Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to record it and send it to, like, my sister. <laughs> but that's beyond the point.
1: I'm not going to facilitate, you know, putting that onto uh, Facebook or Instagram.
0: Exactly. So, we will announce when he is born... In yeah. a way that doesn't show his face. Keep an eye
1: on social media.
0: Yep. Um, he's supposed to be born June 5th, but he has a very large head, so he might come earlier. Yeah, I mean,
1: like... Um,
0: like Stewie Griffin. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a big head. And Megan's blaming me for it, and I will accept that. It is definitely his fault. I will accept it.
0: So, we're, we are really excited, though. Um, we don't expect too many changes to dying through time.
1: No, Dining Through Time, it, you know, it's a bi-weekly thing already. Yeah. We The podcast, is, it will still go up every Monday. Yeah. That's not going to change. But the Brad's Labs stuff, the YouTube videos, those are going to bi-weekly. So that I, because I'll be the one that's primary caregiver for our son. Um, Megan has to actually support us. <laughs> and I will continue working towards helping support us, but I will be taking care of our son. And so that's going to take a lot of my time away. Yeah. But everything is still going to be going forward. We're still going to be working. We love what what we do here.
0: Yeah. We're still super excited about working on the cookbook. We're actually going to use some of the quiet time, um... Well, I say quiet time, (laughs) but the time after the baby is born when Uh, he's he's being born during the summer. It's yeah. So
1: hopefully, you know, the heat and everything just it's Canada. So it's not going to get scorching hot here.
0: Yeah, it should be comfortable. Hopefully. So what we'll do is while um, while he has some sleep and we're not completely exhausted, um, we're going to work a bit on the cookbook and stuff. And start getting that structure put together so that we can get that out in the next year or so. Yeah.
1: And take and continue on with what we're doing. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys understanding. And we, uh, you know, appreciate any weird advice that you might have.
0: Yes. We love weird advice on this because um, we don't have a lot of friends who have kids.
1: No. and Well, the friends that we do have that have kids are already much older. Yeah. So it's the kids are much older. Um, (laughs) So it's like having advice never hurts.
0: Exactly. So definitely feel free to throw it our way. Um, We have enjoyed so much this last year putting this all together with you guys. And I hope that you've had as much fun as we had. And we're going to continue to have fun doing it.
1: Yeah. No, it's we're working towards something here and you're helping. Exactly. We appreciate that.
0: So that's really it for this week. Um, We'll be back next week to have the in between. Yeah. So be prepared for that chaos. (laughs) Oh, as an update, they did conclude that Longboy is dead.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 We're very saddened. So if you could all pull out your recorders and play an in memoriam form, that would be much
0: appreciated. The University of York students are very sad.
1: Rightfully so. I mean, I know we said we were wrapping up, but now she's got me on (laughs) Longboy. (laughs) <laughs> and the fact that they never discovered the uh, body
0: mm-hmm.
1: that that's that's kind of suspicious
0: <laughs> you think it's, it's an inside job
1: well I mean what predators are there that's true long, long boys lived there for how long and never suffered anything
0: that's true maybe a fox i I doubt it yeah
1: no you you know who you are. <laughs> Just come forward. Come forward and admit to it, and we'll go easy on you. We don't believe in the death penalty, okay? But corporal punishment, maybe. A quack for a quack?
0: Leave the whole world quacked?
1: How dare you make jokes at this time of long, boys? You know what, Megan? You did it, didn't you? I've been here the whole time. Have you? Oh, God. So on the, And that's how it all turns.
0: I was going to say, we've now hit, like, uh, proper McCarthyism level suspicions. So, on that note. If you know something, say something. Please provide a list to your local Congress. So, on that note, we are going to end for this
1: week. Yeah, well, thank you, guys.
3: Thanks. Have a fantastic week, guys. Bye.